0: Hi, I'm Barry Pilling, I'm the Being Human blog editor, and you are listening to the fantastic Being Human cast.
1: Hey guys, it's Lisa, back with another chapter of Kinky Claws' Being Human fanfic. So, I've got some good news and some bad news for you guys this week. I'll start with the bad news. The bad news is that, unfortunately, there really isn't any Being Human-related news this week. So, I don't really have anything for you up front. But, the good news is that we can dive right into the chapter. So, here it is. Chapter 9 of Kinky Claws' Being Human fanfic, Aftermath. If nothing changes. In the street opposite the distinctively pink painted end of Terrace House in Totterdown, a pale yellow Toyota, battered through what looked like years of general wear and tear, came to a halt. Inside, two figures lingered, leaving the dipped headlights on. Is this it? The dark-eyed man in the passenger seat asked a light Scots accent adding color to his otherwise faultless English accent. He leaned forward to look past the driver at the curtained windows. Light peaked from just above the curtain rail, but otherwise the house looked to be in darkness. According to the records, yes, sir, the driver confirmed with a vague oriental lilt, which matched his eastern features perfectly. They've been making quite a bit of noise in local circles lately. The passenger nodded thought one of them had sensed us earlier.' "'He narrowed his eyes, which seemed at odds "'with the almost white-blonde hair atop his head. "'Certainly something made him nervous. "'They're always nervous, sir,' the driver commented dryly, "'adjusting the chain at his throat "'that rested just over his T-shirt's collar. "'It bore a small gold insignia "'which resembled an uppercase K "'and a fussy, decorative, lowercase e. "'It was, in fact, a Japanese kanji.' "'Let's not make them more so. "'You know how they tend to bolt for cover "'at the first sign of trouble.' "'Sir,' the driver nodded "'and took the car out of neutral, "'pulling out into the otherwise dead street "'and turning down the side street "'at the corner of the house. "'George's bedroom door was just swinging closed "'as Mitchell hit the top of the stairs. "'He waited a beat or two before knocking. "'He got no response. "'Knocking again, he spoke, "'George?' Nothing. Tentatively, he opened the door. His friend's jacket was haphazardly cast over the bed. He heard a low sigh from the bathroom above the running of water. George's was the only room that was en suite. Easier for him to clean up after his transformation, though there was a second door for general access. Mitchell rounded the corner and saw his friend splashing water on his face at the sink. There was a jerky severity to the movement as he rubbed at his skin, which was unsettling. George kept his head down over the sink, but his hands stopped moving. He gripped the edge of the sink shakily, breathing slowly but deeply. Mitchell just stood and watched, waiting as George tried to get himself together. "'What happened? You've been gone for a while?' he asked lightly. Last time a woman he loved found out about his condition, his reaction had been similar. He'd withdrawn into himself for a short while. If George and Nina had split up— "'Annie and he were on clean-up duty again as well as guilt watch. "'George stood upright and faced him. "'Now, under the harshness of the fluorescent bathroom light, "'his friend looked paler still, "'the worry lines on his forehead deeper than ever. "'He shook his head, unable to put his thoughts into words. "'Mitchell followed the awkward silence with another question, "'the only one really that sprang to mind. "'Are you and Nina okay?' George's shoulders sagged. "'I'm not sure.' Another sigh. It spoke volumes to Mitchell. "'It... it's gotten complicated.' He sounded defeated. Mitchell backed up and moved the coat, sitting on the edge of the bed. So what did happen? George moved wearily to the bed and sat down. We went to her place. He didn't mention the small spat they'd had on the way— He knew, now, the cause of it, and couldn't blame her in the slightest. He looked toward Mitchell. We talked. Both cried a bit. Talked some more. Did... He struggled to form the question. Mitchell noted the slight shake in George's hand. Did you notice anything last night? Nothing springs to mind. Why? What kind of anything... "'Mitchell replied calmly. "'George searched his friend's face for anything, "'any hint of an outright lie or a partially concealed truth. "'The kind of anything where I... "'I may have accidentally... "'scratched... her?' "'The latter words were wrenched from him, "'every syllable laced with pain and grief. "'George sank his head into his hands miserably. "'Oh, Christ. "'Mitchell couldn't think of a single thing to say "'that could make this any easier.' When? As soon as he said it, he knew how stupid it could sound. Obviously, it was last night. He had meant it to mean when during the course of events. For a while, George didn't answer, mired in the guilt and grief that was slowly breaking him. Mitchell put a hand on his friend's shoulder, rubbing soothingly. This was the thing, the other thing, George had been fighting so hard against. He'd always been afraid of passing this on, horrified by the prospect that he might kill someone. They were, in effect, his golden rules, never to be broken. Now, in one single night, while trying to protect those he loved the most, he had shattered both rules. God only know how this would affect him mentally. For the first time, Mitchell was actually afraid that the lost wolf he'd befriended would unravel completely. Or worse, simply give in and let the wolf take over to become hedonistic and opportunistic like Tully and many of the other lycos Mitchell had encountered over the years. However, when George next spoke, still with his head down, he sounded remarkably calm, almost stable. When I pushed her away, I grazed her arm. He took a deep breath and let it out with a huffing sound. It won't ever end, will it? Did you do that? Michael asked, settling close to Annie on the couch as she put the hot cup of coffee on the table ready for Mitchell's return. She tried to move over a little, but the arm of the sofa was in her way. Michael made sure his hip touched hers. The CD? I... I don't know, she said, still confused by the oddity of what had just happened. She didn't think mentioning a werewolf was a good idea, not given Mitchell's concerns. He smiled at her. "'Talents that you don't realize you have. "'Even in death you can be surprised, eh?' "'Constantly,' Annie agreed, relaxing a little more. "'Could you just move up a little? "'It's a bit crowded.' "'Oh, sorry,' Michael laughed, "'and shuffled to the other end of the couch immediately. "'I didn't mean to crowd you. "'It's just that I don't meet many people like you.' "'You weren't looking for us, though, right?' "'You said before.' "'Michael interrupted, all of a sudden serious.' "'Some of the people I know pointed you out. "'I'm sorry. "'I had to lie about knowing I was dead, "'but I needed to know what kind of people you were. "'I mean, John was with those other ones so much. "'I kind of thought you were with them too, "'the cruel ones. "'But then I saw you. "'I was watching when you went in "'and let all those people out. "'I knew then that you were a good person, "'and the way you are with John, "'I knew he had to be good too.' You can't be too careful. Where's the other one? He was with you for a while, but he disappeared a few months ago. He clicked his fingers. I can't remember his name. It's a G name, right? George? Annie asked. No, no, that sounds wrong. Juh, Oh, wait, Gilbert, that's it. He was a friend, right? Annie was she had to admit, taken aback. Yeah, yeah, he was. She found herself smiling fondly at the memory of the time she and the dour 1980s ghost had spent together. Gilbert's moved on. He went through his door. It appeared right over there, she pointed to the corner of the living room. Door? When you resolve your death, you find out why you're trapped here and fix it. A door to the... A door appears. Michael raised his head, nodding understanding. I see. I remember a tunnel, but no door. So that's why there's only been the two of you for so long now. Two? He really had no idea about George at all. Do you remember anything else? About when you died, I mean. Michael stared at her, meeting her eyes and holding her gaze. The men? Annie found herself nodding slowly as Michael shuddered violently.
0: What you have to understand, Miller, is that anything's possible. Even the worst things. In the old days, some things were real and some weren't. But the whole world has changed and you never noticed. There used to be order, now it's a free-for-all. All those things that should never have existed are creeping their way out into the world. Luckily, you found yourself the one detective in London who deals with this sort of thing. They also do a very nice line in Cheating Husbands. He glanced up at Joe. That's probably not as much use to you. The terrible business of salmon and dusk. Detectives. Thieves. Time travellers. Reasonable rates. A series of podcasted stories by Mike Bartlett, featuring London's strangest and least trustworthy detectives. In their time-travelling London cab, they scrape together a living, finding things that never existed and solving crimes that never happened. Mostly, they get themselves in trouble. And when there's trouble for salmon and dusk, it's the strangest sort of trouble London has ever seen. For more details, go to mikebartlett.com.
1: And that's our fanfic episode this week. Short but sweet. As I've mentioned before, we'll be putting out a fanfic episode every other week, so watch out for Chapter 10 in two weeks. In the meantime, take care, and thanks for listening. As always, if you have any comments or questions for us, please feel free to leave a comment on the site, or email us at feedback at beinghumancast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Have a good one. We'll see you later. Okay. Oh, I'll see you later,
0: guys. Being Human Cast is a non profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touch Paper. No copyright infringement is intended. Music used is from PodSafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website, www.beinghumancast.com. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later.